Welcome back to Fly Fishing Podcast. I did plan to do one of these uh, really every month or so, but I've just had an inquiry from Alistair um, who wanted to know what sort of rods I was using, uh, what weight they were. He was thinking about swapping down from a heavy, heavy lined rod down to a lighter lined rod, probably around about the six weight. And um, he was fishing both rivers and lakes and reservoirs. Uh, in mid south wales and really just want to know sort of kit i was using i think and things like the reels as well so i thought the quickest way of doing that was just to run through some of the options that uh, i was fishing with on the river i'm intending to go for a fairly small thing so when i'm fishing the grant it's a small river um, i have carbon fiber rods i've got glass rods and i've got bamboo rods uh, all those are for specialist situations. Um, the carbon fiber rod I like the best is probably Snowbee. It's um, a six foot rod, six or six or seven foot rod, I forget which, and it's a four weight, uh, rated a four weight. But I fish a three weight, double taper on it. I fish lots of double tapers because they allow me to roll cast, and a weight forward line doesn't. Um, unless you're doing something like a Scandi um, or a, a Skadget uh, roll cast, and that's for heavy salmon switch rods. So this is a completely different end of the spectrum. Um, and that means I could get under trees. Um, it also means that if I want to make things like snake casts, I want to roll cast off for quick delivery of a fly. That's very helpful. Um, it also means I get a little bit more wear out of the lines and because the river's very small I don't even have the back cast to be able to put more than 20 yards of line out um, you know I, I'm fishing fairly close I like to fish as far as I possibly can so I like to have the distance within a, a rod inbuilt and I like a rod which would be allow me to handle on a river a long leader so I'm talking up to 22 foot sometimes um, obviously the shorter rods I'm fishing just would not um, allow that to happen. So in terms of bamboo, I fish a five and a half foot, uh, I fish two six foot rods. Um, they're probably rated between a two and three weight line, so um, I can put four weights on them, they're very forgiving. They are a bit sloppy in terms of the casting, but the reason I'm using them and if I want them to stiffen up, I will put a, put a lighter line on them. The reason I'm using them is so I don't get broken off on very fine tippets when I'm fishing micro dries and also when I'm fishing micro nymphs. So I'm going down to uh, something like a 3x tippet, sorry, 7x tippet, uh, even 8x. Um, so I can be fishing down to a pound point, even below that. And you can catch large fish on those, it's just you've got to be able to hold those fish and you don't want to be broken off. And having something which will absorb all that uh, power uh, is very, very helpful. Um, it's a different set of techniques to fishing micro dries. And I'd recommend that you look at things like uh, Ed Engel's book and Ed Knox's books on uh, fishing small flies and uh, tying small 
dries and also micro flies. Uh, very, very useful, very informative. If I was fishing check nymphs, I'd be looking at something else on a river, looking at probably a, a 10 foot rod, because it's more to do with the reach. I'm not going to be casting that very far. It's really just on the leader and allowing that to drift through uh, the flow of the river. And I also would be looking at things like check nymph technique on, um, on spate rivers. So they're going to be uh, more free stone, as the Americans call them. Um, so they're, they're coming up and rising. There's not a lot of weed growth in them. Um, they tend to be larger rivers. And you're fishing not just the pools, pools but also the runs. And you need to get, be wading across that and working your line out. And the more reach you've got, the more control you have on those larger streams. Um, it also means a slightly heavier rod with a bit more backbone in it will allow you to, to utilize heavier flies. Um, the rod I use for check nymphing is a five weight rod. Um, I do use my six, seven, eight weights as well, because really it's about matching to the, the strength of the river and the weight of the fly. But I, I use a Sierra 10 foot uh, three piece rod, which has got a lot of backbone in it. I'm very happy with it for uh, a lighter river rod on a smaller river. When I'm moving up to larger rivers, um, say when I'm going down fishing the test, and if I'm not fishing on one of their feeder streams on the test, uh, I'm fishing the main test itself uh, at Compton State, um, that's a good. 40 yards across. Um, so I, if I'm on the main bit, I can fish. Um, I can fish a small rod, which is in the margins. I can cast to the centre with a small rod. Um, there's, you would see there's some coverage of me on the test, uh, fishing on mid Mayfly season, um, on my BMB, uh, Hawthorn imitation, and also my Mayfly merger. And those, are, the, those fish have been caught on a bamboo rod, which is five and a half foot. Um, but it's a lower beat. I'm able to, to get just across the other side of the bank. Uh, but I would have chosen, really in preference, probably um, a larger rod, a 10 foot, six weight rod, um, if I'm fishing dries on the test and it's a big stretch of water. So I've got the reach to be able to put the fly over the other side of the river with a bit of slack line in there. So we took a 40 yard plus cast, that's a line and a bit of backing. And that's, that's a cut down, uh, cut down the drag. And it also means you can fish the center of the rivers easily. Um, and it will allow me to pull a sinking line on. And I do fish sinking lines on the test. It will allow me to put on big flies as well. Um, the, the fish are often down, to tell you the truth. They uh, are not always going to come up to dries. And being able to put something across the other side and to be able to bring that back, strip it back, is a very, very effective method. Also, if you want to fish a dead drift nymph, I would say that being able to get a decent length of cast out and handle a decent length of leader, because if you've got a, a long, light leader, your fly's going to go deeper, and sometimes it's about depths on rivers uh, against river flow and speed of current. If you get a, a long line out, you're going to get deeper, 
Um, it also means you can approach uh, fish from a, a distance downstream. You're more, you're less likely to spook them, and um, you know you're looking at rating your line weight to what you want to do in your rod weight, to what you want to do, uh, how you want to fish. Um, and if you're looking at fishing lures, say on the reservoir, um, I'm more likely to say, you know, seven a seven weight rod is. Uh, a better way to go, it allow you to handle some dries, it allow you to nymph with it, and it will allow you to pull as well. And pulling tactics on the reservoirs are, are some of the most effective. Um, in terms of reservoir and the competition stuff I was doing, and I went from two different extremes. I started off in the middle with an eight, eight weight rod. Uh, it was a very old, uh, hardy carbon fiber rod. Um, and that I fished with for years, I still have the rod. Uh, it's a hell of a weight. I was fishing with that from, my, from the age of 11, and I'm 40 now. Um, and uh, it got to the stage I could hardly open my hand up after a day because, it, because of the, um, the weight of the rod and the pressure it was putting on me. The way forward was I, I went for lighter rods, but quick and fast actions for distance casting. Um, so I went into uh, light six weight rods um, for fishing nymphs, which I did a lot of, and also fishing dries, which I did an awful lot of. Um, I, uh, I used to fish dries with people like uh, Andy Linwood and uh, Bob Warts. Um, if you come across a fly called Bob bits it's a sort of revolutionary pattern which bob developed it's not much of it but it changed the way we think about dry fly fishing on reservoirs anyway in the uk um an inspirational uh, fisherman and guy to guy to know um somebody who ingrained in me that you know fishing wasn't just about um going out and catching fish and not telling anybody about what you're doing it was about having skill to do that and if you shared your flies, shared your knowledge, um, doesn't mean that people are still going to go out and outfish you. It was more about, you know, helping people. Angling was more about fraternity than anything else at its best. Um, and I, I had, a, you know, he taught me an awful lot. So I'm, I'm very glad to have known uh, Bob uh, in terms of dry fly fishing on graph and, and getting that technique in my belt. The next side is um, I also was fishing um, a lot of sunk line work in competitions. Pulling was the um, the number one technique. It was the most effective, and part of the why teams like the ACA, who, who dominated um, the still water scene in terms of competition lock style fishing in this country, were so successful, where they were using a combination a very, very fast action, eight, nine weight rods coupled with very heavy lines. Um, the lines themselves were mainly nine weights. And nine weight is uh, where the sink rate of lines are calculated from. Um, so you will often see that lines have got uh, a sink rate from, say, between five to seven seconds. For example, there's a large extreme, 
And that's because actually the nine weights sinks at five seconds and as a weights sink a bit, uh, a bit slowly um, to get to the same depths. So I was very interested in being able to go deep as quickly as possible to get down to fish. Um, so I was fishing things like dive fives, uh, dive sevens, dive eights, um, deep lake sevens. And of course, I also wanted to get out as far as possible, so I got more line out in the water. Um, and the ACA were brilliant at long casting, the brilliant at fishing deep. Uh, a lot of that was about the fact that we were using nine weight lines. You can use those from the from the bank quite nicely. Um, I was using lines such as uh, the distant expert uh, airflow line as well, um, which is a very, very castable line in terms of distance um, and can, can really give you the edge if you're pulling and you match, the, you match those up with uh, a decent rod and decent reel and can you really do some damage. What I would say about rods is Carbon fibre technology has come on so so much uh, that you can get a decent rod for very little money nowadays. Um, so you're often paying for name, you're often paying for warranty on a rod, but you could buy three rods for the price of one in many cases. Um, you also have to realise things like Sierra rods, which I feel are, are good quality rods and. Uh, can really, really throw a line. They take the rod design off the market, um, maybe two years after they started it, and then push it into their budget line, which is Ron Thompson. Um, so you're getting a different brand name on it, but the same product. Uh, and I, I've found some brilliant Ron Thompson products. I'm very happy to use them. Um, I want to spend my money where it's most effective. Um, if that's getting onto the river so I can have a, a season's fishing, if it's on things like my tippet material, which I think is really worth investing in, fly lines I think is really worth investing in, and also in terms of hooks, quality hooks, I mean, are absolutely essential. Um, so look at where you're spending your money. Um, a rod is a rod is important it's uh, the tool which will make the day more pleasurable but you can pick up a good rod for not too heavy a price that said my um my luminous rods uh, are worth you know seven eight hundred quid um it's a very specialist tool i was doing a lot of specialist work in terms of competitions um but take a bit of time to try different rods out see what you like and what you fancy. Anyway, that sort of covers why I'm using different rods in different situations. I think if you want to be fishing dries on a river and it's a big river, six weight rods fine. If you, it's more a rod which I'd be looking for larger trout on a river with. Um, you probably can also, depending on the backbone in it, you probably can fish some nymphs on that. You definitely can fish larger lure type flies. Um, you know, you step it up to seven weight, you're, you're looking at sort of a more sea trout rod, um, even light salmon on a, a one-handed seven weight, six weight rod, you can get away with. Um, but, it, you know, it'd be good for a large river. In terms of fishing 
uh, reservoirs and lakes. Um, it depends if you're fishing from the boat. If you're fishing from the boat, six weight rod is absolutely fine for um, nymphing and you know top of the water work dries. You may want to think about a seven weight if you, you're thinking about uh, casting some sunk lines, intermediates, etc. I still think you know going to a, a rod which is a bit more pokey will put out a lot of line from the bank and the boat. You're still looking at the eight weight class of of uh, of rod or buying a very specialist uh, bit of kit. The faster the rod will get will should get you a longer line out. Um, there are more difficult to cast. It means your casting action is going to become quicker, and you've got to look, pay attention to your loops. Um, in terms of the river, you know, I'm fishing small rivers. Um, you know, the fish in the rivers are up to about five pounds into the granter, um, but the majority of them are, are small fish. Um, you know, good fish on the granter is, is two pounds. Um, I've had in the last 14 years probably six, seven, five pound plus fish, never anything bigger. Um, and I've been using anything from a six to an eight foot rod between basically a two to a five weight. I'm happy using a six weight on there as well. But, but my real go to rod is probably my. My full weight Snowby uh, diamond rod, full, it's a full piece rod as well. And I fish, I often fish that with a free weight line uh, so I can get a bit more distance on it. It's a double taper, delicate presentation, uh, decent turnover, and you know, it's fine and far off stuff. Um, it also will handle some of my micro patterns quite nicely. Uh, in terms of rods and rod weights, I hope that gives you some pointers. Um, in terms of reels, really I'm, I have a number of different reels I, uh, for my reservoir stuff. I use two reels. I've got a loop reel, which is an old loop reel. It's carbon fibre um, or graphite. And that is very much because it was cheap in terms of the spool price. It was also um, good in terms of the amount of lines I wanted to carry in my, my fishing tackle box when I get into a boat, uh, so I had lots of changes. And I also was good in terms of it wasn't very heavy on the rod, so I wasn't very really worn out and it matched the kit very nicely. Um, and I'm very happy with it, it's a good, good reel, it's no longer made, um, it was the cheapest loop reel they did. Um, and then I've got a Grace GLX reel, which is a cassette reel. I've I won it in a, a competition. Um, one of the uh, Hardy or Anglin Open, or um, it may have been Airflow competitions, as it were then. And that's that's a good reel. Um, it's a cassette spool one. Again, it's about having lots of lines and the cheapness of the spools is a real attraction and I would recommend those. In terms of the lighter ones, um, I'm always looking at uh, reels as a, a st storage of line more than a technical bit. Uh, when I'm fishing for salmon and, and steelhead and, and sea trout, 
yeah, I'm looking for something which has got a drag on it and will help uh, help slow the fish down. But you can palm those reels. You can put more pressure on with your palm. So I'm looking at for exposed spools as well, which is uh, something worth thinking about. But most of my fish I'm playing, playing not on, on the reel, but uh, by hand on the line. And that's what I did when I was fishing competitions. Didn't have time to get all all that 40 yards of line which I've been casting out, pulling back in, back on my reel to play the fish. Um, if I'm taking down to the backing, yeah, that was fine. And a couple of times that happened, um, but very, very rarely. So I, I played them off, off the, didn't play them off the reel, I played them by hand by pulling the line in um, far quicker getting them getting the fish back into the boat. So the smaller, smaller reels, the, the two to four eight uh, reels I've been using. I, I use a, a leader reel. I've used um, a, what used to be called a dragonfly reel, which they produce small, small reels, really. Uh, Snowby have just brought out one which I'm very interested in. I'm going to have a look at. And the other reels I've been using are Hardy's Marksman because it's a small reel. I got it on sale. Um, the only nightmare about that is the foot on the reel doesn't fit very many uh, reel seats. Um, and I've had to get special reel seats uh, fitted for my bamboo rods. I made sure if I'm you know, getting a rod made up, I was choosing, uh, going along and choosing reel seats, which I could then put on some put on the right reels onto so it's worth thinking about that before you start investing um that your old kit will fit with your new kit so always try them um and also i'm very happy just to kind of go onto the internet look at the diameter the spool diameter so i'm looking at um anything of the sort of three inches um also the material, so I am still put, picking carbon fibre or even plastic reels um, because I'm looking at the lightness. I want the rod in my hand to feel very much part of me. Um, it should be an extension of my arm. It should be something which is very sensitive. It should, a reel should help that process by not being too heavy but balancing the outfit. Um, you want something which isn't going to be so tight when you wound the line on it though you can pad it out with backing, that you're not getting lots of memory. Because if you get memory in a light line on the river and you've got, you've, you're fishing upstream, that's just going to twist and twist and twist, which means when you're trying to put a cast out, your line will have so much spin in it, so much twist and kink, that it will hit the, hit the rod rings and it won't go anywhere. Um, or it will literally flick and wrap around the butt section of your rod so you can't get a cast down. Um, if you want to know how to rectify that, you basically uh, take, your, take your line off your reel um, and drag it around, uh, well, take, pull it out, off the reel whilst it's still on the rod, uh, take the leader off and drag it around something like a field. Um, and that will generally unwrap it. If you're coming in back from a a day's fishing in the boat the other way of doing it is you know allow that line 
to drag behind the boat without flies on it. Um, that will help them kink it. You also take, as you're winding it back under pressure, it takes some of the kinks out of it. Um, and they also give it a bit of a stretch. Of course, the best way of doing, doing the stretching bit is getting a fish on the end of it. Anyway, I hope this is giving you a few pointers um, and it's been helpful to listen to. I'll try and get it up on the web. Um, I usually uh, are going to be doing more things about you know, how, how fishing's going on different places, different flies. I don't mind answering questions and doing a bit of how-to as well as where to go and what's happening in the fishing world. Um, so, you know, please get in touch. Um, Alistair came through uh, my Instagram site um, where I post a lot of the fish I'm catching up on a daily basis. Um, and that's really just to, just to let people know what's happening. And um, I like to share the pictures. I, I've been taking most of my pictures on my new iPhone. I think it's a fantastic bit of kit and produces some really good pictures. So I'm very happy to share those. They go up on my Facebook site. A lot of them will be transferred over onto the website as well. Um, but the podcast is probably going to be the quickest way of me communicating to everybody. Uh, so I hope to see you sometime. Tune in. Um, and can I just, before I go, say, have a look at the itinerant angler. Have a look at the interviews with Temple Fork Outfitters. Also, the one with Gary Loomis and Bob Oyster. Gary Loomis revolutionised carbon fibre, um, blank design and the tapers on it. Um, Bob Oyster is revolutionising split cane bamboo. And Temple Fork are starting to look at how they can get really good quality rod design uh, out into the market in the cheapest way possible. I think it's uh, those are going to be some real good pointers. You might like to also tune into uh, Rob Snowwright, um, who is a consultant fly fisher. Um, and you find those podcasts on iTunes, as you will with mine. And you also might like to listen to the Orvis one. And fish stick as well which is good fun uh, with Steve Stoker and Mike Morrell and others from Moldy Chum and uh, I hope to you know tight lines hope you're tuning again um, hope this answers all your questions Alistair <laughs>